Hi everyone, welcome back to Chat Shit, Get Fit, Chatting Supplements. This is the series where we explore the vast world of health and fitness supplementation, giving you our thoughts and of course, bringing you the latest scientific research as well. This week, we take a closer look at carbohydrate supplementation, focusing on cyclic dextrin, maltodextrin and dextrose. You may have heard of these in some form or another, but by the end, you should have a pretty good idea which one is the best and if you should even bother spending your hard-earned cash on these potentially energy-boosting supplements. Before all that though, I've got to deal with a certain Marmite focus forfeit after coming up short in a recent Instagram poll. Yeah, so let's get into this week's episode. Good evening, Tom. How are good you? Good evening, mate. I'm good. I'm even better because um, tonight is the night that you owe me one scoop of Marmite. Two, wasn't it? I'm an honest man. I'm an honest man. It was two. I believe it Let's was make two. it three. Three? Oh, you said it now, haven't you? Yep. I've said, do you know what? I've got a bit of OCD. I can't leave it on an odd number. We're going to have to do four, I'm afraid, mate. Four? No, you're taking a piss now, surely. Nope. Nope. Unless, no, actually no, now I've said it, I was going to say you could do it with a teaspoon, but nope, it's got to be a tablespoon. In fact, have you right. got a ladle? Have you got a ladle at hand? Fucking your fucking ladle, right. I think we should uh, I think we should clarify what we're talking about here, because people who have never listened before will be like, what are they talking about? Um, if you've listened to this series um, from its inception, which is not very long, we're only about, the, this is the fourth episode now of this series, uh, I think it was in the multivitamin, was it the multivitamins one? I think it was that one where we, we started talking about Marmite, okay? And I basically said, there's nothing wrong with Marmite, it's fine, I don't mind a little bit of Marmite, a little bit on the old toast. And Tom was saying he, hate, he hates it, so I said, right, we'll do a poll. If the poll, if more people said they like it, Tom had to do one tablespoon because he doesn't like it. Uh, and then if the poll was not as many people like it, then I've got to do double. Um, which is, <laughs> even though I don't mind it, I don't fancy doing two <laughs> two tablespoons of Marmite. For being you won't be honest. liking it after tonight. <laughs> no, um I mean, it's not actually Marmite. I'll show you what I've got, guys. It's um, for the, the YouTube watchers because this is definitely going to have to be a snippet, isn't it? I've got yeast extracts here, um, which is the a knockoff. Thing. It's a knockoff version, but. Um, oh, yeah. Tesco's a nice sponsorship there. <laughs> um, but yeah, so basically, the, it was actually really close, Tom, the result. It was, um, I think it was only like 5 6%, isn't it? I know. I was. I was bricking it throughout the yeah. week. I'm not going to lie. Well, mate, it started really badly for me, uh, really badly for you. Like at first, it was uh, no, sorry, it started really badly for me in terms of everyone was saying no, and I was like, for fuck's sake. But then there's a bit of rally from the Marmite lovers. I think Colleen got on the old uh, blower and um, rallied up the troops, and then yeah, it just went downhill again. So yeah, we'll get into it but before Ain't we get into like this. Marmite, like the national uh... Vegemite, Vegemite in it. I need to find out what the difference is. If you're if you're from that sort of that part of the world or clean um what's what's the difference between vegemite and marmite because i don't actually know oh, i don't want to do this but right fuck it i better do it then yep you happy with that oh fuck <laughs> i can't watch oh my god so rich. <laughs> oh fucking hell, that's so rich yeah there's another one there's another one you owe me yeah. <laughs> Please don't throw up online. My tongue. I don't want to fucking see your tongue. I'm running out of marmite. It generally looks like dog shit right. from the Number tummy two. of an upset dog. Oh god. Mm. Mm. Oh, this takes me back to the days of your weird eating habits at the entertainer. Oh. 
Oh god. That that looks generally horrendous. It's 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 definitely it's definitely yeast extract. You ain't swapped it with Nutella or something actually delicious. Because that's what I would have done. That's what I was planning. I mean, did that look like Nutella? You, you, you're doing a fair amount of licking there, Bill. We stick, we stick. You're right. Because it's sticky as fuck. It looked, it looked like tar. We stick them with two, yeah. I actually feel a bit quiffy. I can't, I can't watch you do a third one. I feel like I'm the one that's going to spew up. I've got my sick bin ready. That's here. So rich. Do you know how much <laughs> is in ten grams? You're not promoting of this? it. Mm, so rich. Oh my god! Guess how much is in ten grams of this? Go on. 0.75 grams of salt. Well, I've just had about 40, 40, 50 grams there, easy. There goes your blood pressure. God almighty. I mean, to be fair, it's not the first time I've consumed something on air and it's gone downhill. Remember the caffeine? I was speaking about a thousand words a minute. Mm, I do remember the caffeine. I do. Mm. It wasn't um, It wasn't pleasant, but oh, that, yeah, that's that. Well, that's out of the way now. Um, we've done that. Thank God. Not- I was not looking forward to that either way, whether it be me or you. Oh, that, oh, you know, I've got a heartburn. Oh, you, you're, you're actually like no see bowing me. You're making me feel it just by talking about it. Yep, get your fluid down, you will. That generally looked horrendous. Honestly, how anyone eats Marmite, Vegemite, it, oh, just, yeah. Unfollow me. If you follow me, then unfollow me. <laughs> Well, you know what, what I like about that, this intro here, Tom, is that people have probably tuned in thinking, right, I want to learn about carbs because these, these these carbs supplements sound crazy. I want to I want to find out. And what they've just what they've just heard is me um, do, you know, a lot of marmite. Basically, I've supplement supplemented with marmite. But you know, we've got to be careful because the way that things catch on in the fitness industry, the last thing we want is people to think maybe this is it, maybe this is the magic bullet, yeah, maybe right. this is what's mm. going to improve my performance. Marmite, intraset marmite. Can you imagine it? Because I can. There's there's four grams of protein per ten grams of marmite. Oh, happy days! So I'm sick. I'm supplementing quite well here. What else is there? You know what? Let's go through marmite. This, this new episode. Fuck carbs off. Sorry if you wanted to listen to psychic dextrin. This is now a marmite episode. <laughs> We're not talking about yeast. Wow, vitamin B12, folic acid. Technically, this is part Time of the nutrition in, series, so it all works. <laughs> well, out technically, in the end. yeah. I mean, so per ten grams, guys, I've got twenty two point nine calories. I've got 1.8 grams of carbs, um, which is not really relevant for this episode. It's pretty low. Uh, it's 3.87 grams of protein, 0.75 grams of salt, which is a bit of a bit of a downer. Um, and then vitamins, we've got. Wow, we've got we're absolutely packed here, guys. We've got B1, we've got niacin, folic acid, vitamin B12, which was jam packed. So yeah, it's a great supplement. This. Do you know what I need to do, Bill? They need to do a marmite flavored protein shake. Oh, that'd be awful. I know. That's why I'm suggesting it. Oh, dear God, no. <laughs> do you know what they do do? They do Marmite peanut butter, apparently. I had uh, Pete, one of the listeners of the show, he said um, they do it. And I was like, you know what? I, when he mentioned it, I did recall seeing some. And I do need to get some because I think that'd be a great boost on the old toast. This is like one of the things that need to be, you know, kind of like banned by Geneva Convention. So you've got, your, you know, flamethrowers, <laughs> white phosphorus, Marmite. I'm happy to move away from Marmite now. Yeah, I'm feeling rough here. But this is, this I'm be, feeling should, rough. I should have done this at the end. <laughs> yeah, you should have. We might do a take two. I've, I've acutely dosed of Marmite. <laughs> right. 
Should we, should we get into get into this episode? So we're back Let's with another another supplement series episode this week. Uh, if you listened last week, you would we know we alluded to it was the world of carbohydrate supplementation. So like we're going to go into the different types, but these are basically products which are aimed at people who need um, carbs uh, intra workout. So maybe in the middle of a workout, um, or maybe you know just before they need a carb boost. Something uh, I'll come up to someone else that made some. Some uh, I spoke to someone they made some good suggestions as well. We should probably start with Tom. Do we take it? Do we do we take any sort of carb supplements? So, not recently. I used to when I originally uh, began kind of getting into fitness, just because I was on the, the old supplement hype. But yeah, admittedly, what would you take? I, what would I take? Which one? Was, I used to, which I one? used to take dextrose. Oh, the shittest one. I also used to take. <laughs> oh, I don't want to admit this on a fucking podcast. I I was into the, the the I was I was in the Harry Bow hype crowd. So dextrose. Yeah. <laughs> but the in Harry Bow form. Being Harry Bow form. You could get it as rins, so like you could actually I like, put the Harry Bow rins. So for outside of the UK listeners, what is Harry Bow? Harry Bow like little jelly sweets. And it's basically dextrose, it? let's be honest. But you get them in different shapes and sizes. So sometimes you get them in the shape of like a little egg, a little gummy bear but you also get rings so the cool thing you can do is you can wear these rings do your deadlifts and then straight away you just lick your fingers and have a little nibble and it all works out sounds incredible practical thinking very practical thinking so you 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 supplemented with haribo is what you're saying i did i did fantastic and i think most of the british army in general also supplement with haribos but that would kind of be a different topic wouldn't it actually no not really (laughs) I mean, it's pretty relevant, isn't it? I mean, it's, it is relevant. It, it comes on to when guys are hanging out, um, you know, on. With it, to be fair, it's more of a, a mental supplement as well because it gives people a morale boost. So, do you know what? I don't want to jump too far ahead into the conclusions of this episode, but one thing about things like these carbohydrate powders is that they are pretty popular, particularly in, in a military setting. So, there are certain supplement companies within the British military that have kind of uh, jumped onto the whole carb powder thing. But they've always been around. They've always been around. If you actually open up your ration packs, what do you get in packet form? You get isotonic drinks, you get carbohydrate drinks, high sugar. If you you actually look at the back of the nutritional value, you are basically drinking pure sugar in a bottle with a bit of cola flavouring. So it's always been around. I mean, look, in regards to carbs, in general, carbs are quite important for training are they 100% necessary maybe not but you're definitely going to suffer if you don't have them compared to if you were having carbohydrates now usually when we talk about carbs in training or in a diet overall we usually think about either simple sugars or complex sugars where we're either let's say we go way back to our if it fits your macros Mm. (laughs) episode you can get carbs through eating pop tarts however most people when they think of trainers they think of carbs through things like rice Pasta, potatoes, potatoes, all your high starchy carbs. But then we've also got just a kind of like when we talk about protein, most times people just assume things like chicken, you know, meat, etc. However, there's also the supplement side, which is protein shakes. Or with this, you've also got the supplement side of carbs, which is carb powders, which are usually in drinkable form. Yeah, exactly. Usually. Um, I mean, me personally, I don't actually buy anything but i'll be honest with you after doing some of the research it does there is certain things which i do look at and think you know what this 
this could I could see sort of yeah. uh, an application for it. It's just it's the, it all comes down to money and your goals really because as Tom said, you don't necessarily need loads of carbs to fucking train, but if you want to perform well and actually train to a high intensity, you need a good amount of carb stores and you need to be carbed up basically to put it. <laughs> Joe, exactly what you just said there. I mean, you don't have to, but sometimes a good idea. It is kind of down to yeah your money and your goals, but also simply down to memory sometimes. Like for me, I should technically be taking creatine, but I stopped taking it for ages. After last week's episode, I've actually gone and ordered some just because it's jogged my memory a little bit. But all I've said before we go as well is don't fear carbs as well. Um, there's, yeah, there's, 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 carbs. A, there's like a conception of people like still now if like carbs make you fat or like just don't, you know, don't eat carbs. You don't, you know, don't just don't take them. Like it's like, well, no, you, you need them for energy. Like you will notice if you fucking cut out all your carbs now, you will feel like shit. Yeah. But you will feel like, because it is the body's main energy source, so you will feel like shit, which we've touched upon, I think we spoke about it on the keto episode and the carnivore episode as well. Yeah. Part of our diet series, you want to go back and listen to that um, series, I think it was like series two or three, uh, the diets. Way we, back uh, in the day of last year. Yeah, <laughs> last year. Um, so yeah, I don't take it, but I did ask my uh, Instagram followers once again, what uh, did they take? Uh, and it wasn't really surprising the results here, so 78% of people said no. Uh, and only 22 suggest because it's not it's not one of those uh, supplements that's as known or as popular um, and I got a sort of indication what people were taking so one that came up a few times actually was Combat Fuel and that's the one yep. you spoke about earlier Tom saying how a military background company jumped on it uh, and they only do one type and that's cyclic de- uh, dextrin yeah which we'll go into more detail yeah we'll, we'll go into more of that later on uh, why that's the only one they do um, and there's also uh, yeah, sorry, that's yeah, pretty much all of them are combat field. There's one that says uh, SIS. I've heard of them. Yeah, I've got a water bottle there somewhere. <laughs> and one which uh, really surprised me was um, Sarah, who's one of uh, Train Primal, one of our online personal trainers over at Train Primal. And she put Carbolin, which is a pretty pretty uh, funky little name. Uh, and I basically asked her, said, look, what, what is fucking Carbolin? Because I've heard of it. Uh, and essentially what it sounds like is it's, it's a premium product. Um, it's a bit, it's a bit more branded. So what? How would I compare it? So it sounded like the effects are very similar to cyclic dextrin. So as we go forward, you remember, so it's, it's probably the higher end stuff. And it, what it reminded me of was the whole creatine monohydrate and creopure thing. And I'm not saying it's fucking not worth the extra money, but it just reminded me of it being a brand and it being a bit more money than the normal stuff because it's a bit more of a brand with a few more buzzwords on it. Um, she said it works really great. Um, and one of the things she said that she likes to use it for is when she's on a deficit to make sure she gets her energy, like get her energy back up again before if she's got like a big workout, she'll take some of this stuff. But she doesn't take it very often. She's had the same tub for a year, she said. <laughs> so it's not something she was saying she relies on, but it's good if you know those days when you maybe are feeling a bit, oh, I'm fucked, you know, I need a bit of a, bit of a kick up the arse. Um, but, you know, but you know it's not going to give you that crash than if you were just to smash pure sugar, you know? Yeah. I think it might depend on what type of carbohydrate powder you kind of take as well, possibly, in regards to the crash. But I mean, another big one that does a lot of these powders is, of course, my protein. <laughs> they do all three of the ones we're going to be talking about. And of course, if you do want to kind of try these powders out, then my protein is cheap and cheerful. So, yeah. 
could always give it a go. Yeah, pr- yeah, probably better start on the, the cheap ones and see how you get from there. I just want to stress something though uh, before we go any further is if, if you do suffer with uh, any form of diabetes, go and see uh, a medical professional before you take any carb supplements simply because yeah. as you're aware, your blood sugar levels are, you know, it's important you keep an eye on them. And if you're smashing carb supplements, it could go either way, which could be wrong for you individually. So we're pretty much making this the tagline for this whole series and that is speak to your doctor <laughs> yeah, goes, speak yeah. to your doctor but, but in this case it's probably out of all the episodes this is probably the most important one time you should do because this, some of these supplements have got a serious amount of carbs in them which could potentially like do a lot of, uh, a lot of damage until I finish my doctorate through the online course of my uh, doctorate in Minecraft then yeah speak to your doctor until then until I become qualified is that, is that what you're going to do is it yes <laughs> okay then the doctor talk. you know I reckon actually all jokes aside Tom I reckon you should do it and then one day I ain't joking we'll just, we're in, oh what I'm going to doctor in Minecraftology in Minecraftology yes then technically I'll be able to tell people that don't listen to what your doctor says I went into my Minecraft library I found oh. this study uh, yeah crack on did someone promise you in this library that they could give you a doctorate Yes. Okay, we'll move, we'll move on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right, we'll, we'll jump into the three different types then because we've kind of alluded to a couple of them already. We mentioned one at the start and one just a bit before. So you've got three types. You've got cyclic dextrin or highly also branched... Also HBCD. You why have you take I was about to say that Tom. Why did also you known as HBCD? I've been wanting to say that all HBCD. bloody day. We we'll refer to it we we'll refer to it as HBCD for now, but it's cyclic dextrin. Or if you actually pronounce it as a word, it's hubakud. Hubakuda. Yeah, hubakud. 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 So cyclic dextrin, also known as highly branched cluster dextrin, HBCD or hubakud. So if you go into a supplement store and ask for hubakud powder, they will know what you're talking about. <laughs> You might have to repeat it a few times, but yeah. Brilliant. Uh, next one, maltodextrin. Yeah, that's the and most then, popular probably. And then the fi- final one is dextrose, which is the one Tom mentioned earlier. And they all go, that, that is in price order, by the way. So cyclic is the most expensive, maltodextrin is the middle, and obviously dextrose is the cheapest, and we'll come on to why that's the cheapest because of because of what it is, what it basically is. So we'll start with the, with the top one, cyclic dextrin. So what is it? I'll give you a nice little um, written definition here for you. So it's it's a novel type of maltodextrin produced from waxy cornstarch, and a kilo of this stuff is about twenty to thirty pounds. So it's not the cheapest thing in the world. But as I mentioned with Sarah at the start, it's not something you should probably be smashing all the time. Um, it's yeah. a supplement, remember. Uh, and I'll, at the end, we're going to touch on sort of carbohydrates in general. But this is this would be a product where, as I said, if you're feeling really shit. Like you really need a bit of boost of energy or like she says she's in a deficit. It's a good good sort of time maybe to be doing it. This is when you need to be using it. Not It's not an everyday thing, I wouldn't say. Would you agree yeah. with that? No, I'd agree with that. Um, it's not like something like creatine where we you know, said last time you need to be taking it every day, including your rest days. With this, it would just be kind of when you're training. But even then, I wouldn't do it every day I'm training. I would save it when I'm looking to do something like, yeah, one, if like I'm just having a really knackering shit day and I'm absolutely exhausted but I've got to get through a bit of a lengthy session but also if I'm going for a personal best or if I have some form of fitness test then yeah I'll knock back some cyclic dextrin yeah 
looks quite promising in regards to the research. Well, it does, yeah. I mean, one of the reasons for all this is basically the way it's constructed as well. So it's like a, an enzyme in it which like creates a unique structure when it breaks it down. Um, and what this this structure essentially is, is it sort of limits the release of it. So what it it, it will absorb quick, just like the others. So yeah, all three, rapid. So it's his rapid absorption. But what it doesn't do is it doesn't absorb it and just bang, you've got it all. It's like yeah. a almost filter out. So when I think when I looked online, there was like a picture of it. It was almost like a cone. Mm. So the actual like the molecular structure of it was like a cone, and that's why it's sort of more of a drip feed effect, other than just a bang. Here's your fucking energy. Go do a one RM clean. And yeah. it's more of like you'll be able to be able to prong it um, over time, which I suppose is a benefit um, depending on your um, your activity. And the tagline yeah. you normally see from supplement companies is it will let you train harder for longer. Yeah. Which obviously, you know, is, is great. Um, and manufacturers would also claim it digests the best out of all of them, which is, there's not much in it, but in potentially you could say it does, but yeah. One thing to know as well, so this is where we get all, all science in now. So it's, it's highly soluble uh, and stable in water and has a low osmo... Oh, how the fucking... Osmotic... Osmotic. 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 That's an easy word. Osmotic pressure. How is it you fucking up all the syllables lately? Yeah, I know, low osmotic pressure. I don't know why. Syllables, that. pronunciation, that's what I meant pronunciation. to say. But yeah, you'll hear this word quite a lot now, osmotic pressure, because this, this will come like, apparent while we keep mentioning Sounds it. Sounds like so, sorcery. Basi- basically, this pressure is to do with gastric emptium rate. Okay, um, and we'll start with the first paper here. So this one was by Taki et al., uh, 2004 2005. It was a small paper that looked at uh, HPCD, or Habicata. Um, yeah. And it found it to be quite good in regards to uh, subjects all reported less discomfort uh, compared to a glucose or a maltodextrin drink. So it was in comparison to these other products. Um, and they found less discomfort. And they reckon it was to do with this low osmotic pressure because of the gastric MCM rate, which we'll come on to. With the, it will be more apparent with it later on. So if I come to this next paper now. Uh, this one looked at a small dose, 15 grams of cyclic dextrin, which is a small dose for when we come on to later how much they recommend you to take. Um, and they looked at its effects on RPE and blood components associated with energy metabolism. So, And they compared cyclic dextrin to maltodextrin. So it was just them two, okay? They both lowered RPE after ingesting them. So they both did some good. But it was significantly lower in the cyclic dextrin opposed to the maltodextrin. Um, and I'll read a little extract here from that uh, in that sort of paper. The mechanism responsible for suppressing RPE elevation during exercise after ingesting HBCD was not clear, but it might be associated with the ability of HBCD to supply glucose energy for a longer period and its shorter gastric emptying time. That's about the osmotic pressure I mentioned earlier. Uh, further study is required to clarify the detailed me- uh, mechanism responsible for lower RPE after ingesting in HBCD, the maltodextrin during exercise. So while they obviously said it was good, they said more data is needed, which is most most of the case for most things, when being honest. I mean, the one paper that like I saw on cyclic dextrin, which kind of like won me in its favour, was it? Yeah, Hubbard was the Shiraki paper, and that's where they had swimmers taking in either water, yeah, it's a good one, this, or glucose or cyclic dextrin, and when you have a look at like the swimming time in seconds like how they was kind of able to go swimming the the, the cyclic the, the people that took cyclic dextrin pretty much pretty much doubled yeah, the amount huge, they was able it? to swim you know compared to the water and glucose group so, and that just like yeah that was pretty amazing 
if you want to see that graph um, down in the show notes, that study will be linked. Uh, and it's uh, yeah, so it's pretty it's pretty interesting to see it on the, in a graphical form. It makes it emphasise it more the difference between the three. What was interesting though, Tom, um, which we mentioned when we were discussing this paper off air, was the, the difference between water and glucose. It was insignificant the difference, but glucose was uh, slightly higher. Uh, no, sorry, water was water. Sorry, they were allowed to swim a Just little bit by longer. a little bit, but it was still higher. So we were like, okay, what the fuck is this being? So basically, one of the explanations we came up with was the the effect of insulin. So insulin, once insulin is released to the bloodstream, you get a uh, you know a spike in glucose levels, and that could result into uh, hypoglycemia and inhibition inhibition. Get the fucking words right of lipolysis, uh, resulting in a decrease in exercise performance. Um, and that, that makes sense when you look at it that way. The only thing we'll have to notice, though, is um, this is directly from the paper by those sticks, but we were unable to measure insulin levels in the study because of limitations in the amount of blood collected. Further studies are needed to clarify the effect of HBCD, hypocrite, on insulin secretion in humans during exercise. So while we said it was the insulin thing, we can't say that with utter confidence because they didn't test insulin levels. But it makes sense on when you think about you it. You can never say anything without a confidence. But, but in theory that makes sense, doesn't it? If you've got like pure glucose, the chances are it's going to spike your insulin levels, which can impact performance. Um I mean one thing I did like about the study as well is that with the psychic dextrin, they had the swimmers take it and then straight away they was yeah, off they away. was off for their yes. swim. And that's good because you could kind of see the applicability in that and when you might want to take it. So once again, let's just say, because it is able to get into your system so quick, if we think about the military, so to speak, where if you're on like a, a tab or a march and you are starting to flag and you've got like a cheeky little secret flask in your ammo pouch and you've got like a psychic dextrin, it might be worth taking it. Now, obviously, I don't want people to be drinking something rapid of it sloshing around in their guts when they're about to go for like a full-on sprint etc but it does show that it has this applicability if you're say you're about to do some form of fitness test and you could quickly whack this out one thing with cyclic dextrin is i've i don't know if it's just me but i've struggled to kind of find studies on it in a resistance training setting a lot of it has been kind of like endurance training like athletics. I think that's because it's that's who it's been aimed at more. Those people doing longer endurance yeah. events who need the prolonged energy. I'd love to see this like replicate like this this supplement like a uh, study on like powerlifters etc. Where there's like a rapid burst of like anaerobic speed. But in regards to endurance, cyclic dextrin does look quite promising. Um, I just want to add one more thing on about the um, the water and the glucose thing about why it's been different. Is um, we had some other couple of papers here. Uh, this is quite old, by the way. This is Costil and uh, Sultan from 1974, but they basically said that when exercise intensity exceeds 75% of VO2 max, gastric emptying is significantly reduced. So basically, the glucose solution um, employed in this study it might basically stay in your stomach a bit longer because of the gastric emptying rate compared to HBCD. Um, and what this will do is this gastric emptying rate, basically, I'll try and simplify it, is it will, it will limit the water absorption, so hydration. And what we do know is that hydration levels impact performance. So it could be ever so slightly because they were drinking the water, the hydration level is staying high, whereas the glucose, and then going to that above 75% of their VO2 max is then limiting their gastric emptying rate, which means obviously it's affecting their water um, absorption which means they could have been a little bit less dehydrated which is why there's such a small difference between the water and the glucose group um which was which was quite interesting but yeah as we as we said up i wouldn't recommend smashing like pure sugar just before <laughs> a swim <laughs> 
the HPCD looked like it, it absolutely uh, kicks ass on that in particular, that paper, which is pretty good. It's made me curious. Maybe if I eventually get back running again in the far future. <laughs> we'll move on to the next one, which is maltodextrin. So this is uh, a white powder, again, as most of the products we seem to be talking about in this series are white powders. Um, and it's made from starch, wheat, corn, or rice. Uh, and basically, it's a high GI carb. Um, and the GI is glucose index, which is if you've got diabetes, um, you're probably very aware of. Um, that's like to do with insulin. How much? So, for example, if a food has a GI rating of one, it won't do much to your insulin levels. Where if it's GI rating of 100, it's going to spike your insulin levels, basically, um, which yeah. is your blood, which is your yeah, blood glucose levels. Um, and the one kilo of this is between five and 15 pounds. So you can get it for as cheap as five pounds per kilo, which is really cheap compared to cyclic dextrin. And that's why Tom said earlier it's, it's quite a popular one because of the, the price of it. We've got a small paper here from uh, 2020 which looked at acute maltodextrin intake before resistance training. So obviously, as Tom said earlier, they didn't do one on the uh, Hubbard, but this one they do. And this was leg press yeah. to be exact. Um, and they made a really good point that individuals that are sort of already dosed up on carbs, um, as we'll come, we'll come on to that later anyway about uh, carb dosing and stuff, um, it doesn't increase their resistance training performance. So it didn't seem to further anything more um, than it would have endurance. With endurance, if you're already dosed up, it may it makes an impact if you if you supplement amount of dextrin. But with the resistance training, it didn't seem to make a difference if they are already sufficiently carbed, carb loaded up, so to put it, as uh, people like to say. So that that was quite interesting. So if you if you're just like general population, let's say, and you have like a a quite a balanced diet where you kind of consume carbohydrates through food form anyway, in general. You probably don't really need to be supplement with this kind of stuff. This is why I mentioned that story earlier with the Haribo about when I used to do it, because I do kind of take the piss out of myself when I think back on that. Because back then I wasn't training intensely, really. I had no idea what I was doing. There's me thinking I've got to be eating Haribo between sets because I I read that a bodybuilder once did it, where I was nowhere near needing that <laughs> that glucose, and I yeah I wasn't even training intensely enough, but there is some applicability to it which we kind of talk about in a bit but i mean one thing is like let's go back to bodybuilders for a quick second this is where maltodextrin can have another benefit it's quite a popular ingredient when you want to kind of add calories to your diet so what you'll oh, find okay. is maltodextrin is actually one of the more popular ingredients when you think of homemade mascainer. Yes, exactly yeah. that mascainers or even the ones you kind of buy in bloody when you go and you find like an optimum nutrition bag or mass gain and stuff and you look at the ingredients you'll see that it's yeah. pretty much been bulked out with carbs Malt- anyway maltodextrin yeah so if you're say trying to gain a bit of mass and you're now the thing is usually i'll just say to people just try and increase your food intake anyway but there are some people who struggle hard gainers people yeah. that struggle to kind of eat get the calories in or time some people might want to have like a post-workout shake mm. Some people just don't have the time to, you know, get their calories in through other traditional means, etc. I'm not going to judge them, but they might find it easier to have like a protein shake afterwards. What they can do, yeah, I mean, one of my classic bits of advice is throwing peanut butter in there. But some people don't I, like peanut I'd always, butter. I'd always recommend those to do this homemade system where you get some maltodextrin, get some protein powder, maybe some peanut. Because if you look at when you buy them like pre-made, the the, the price per serving is outrageous. Like you have to, you end up having to have like three hundred grams of powder, and it ends up becoming like a almost what is it what, like a, a thick sort of sludge. Have you seen like the amount of calories some of those mass gainers have in them? I know that's the oh, whole yeah. idea of it, but yeah, my but fucking God. hell, yeah, it's, it's outrageous, isn't it? 
Might as well go to the Cheesecake Factory. Mm. (laughs) So another fun fact here, Tom, is manufacturers add this into a lot of foods uh, to improve flavour, thickness or shelf life, which is a fun little fact I found online, um, which is interesting. Yeah, exactly. So... A lot of these stuff, these ingredients, you'll probably see, you, you probably, if you look on the back of your sort of things in the shop now, or next time we do like a weekly shop, have a look. You might find some of your products have already got some of these, uh, some of these bits and bobs in. But um, isn't maltodextrin as well? It's more of like a slow release carbohydrate. Or not, am I imagining that? Yeah. Um, it's a bit more of like a complex carb, is it? I'm not too sure. Yeah. Malto is not too far off. All I know is that it's not as good as, like, if you look at it on paper, it's not, it doesn't seem to be as good. But, as it's up, you can try whatever you want, really. I mean, the price the, there is a bit of a price difference there, but it's as we said, you just give it a go and see what you think. As we said, there in terms of endurance, sorry, instead of resistance training, if you're already carved up, Malto didn't seem to do anything, which would make me I don't want to assume because that's a stupid thing to fucking do, but that would lead me on to assume that cyclic dextrin when resistance training would probably have no effect if you were carb loaded up anyway. Mm. Because they're both however, carbs up. However, <laughs> because cyclic dextrin can get into you quite rapid, yeah, you're not going to want to carb up ten seconds before your swim test. No, you're not going to be a bowl of pasta. No, right? Yes, crack on with this. Do you, do you know what I mean, you're not going to be overdosing on pasta by the pool. I mean, another thing as well is going back to that cyclic dextrin study. Is that so? As I said, you don't want to do a fitness test with it sloshing around in your stomach. Mm. However, it generally wasn't that much they had to kind of take before the swim test happened. It was basically a 500 milliliter um, liquid that they had to guzzle down, which isn't that much realistically. And how much? Um, how much powder was in there? So yeah, it was uh, 1.5 grams uh, per kg of body weight. Okay, so that's quite yes. Yeah. Quite a lot then. Yeah, so straight that's away quite... when we see the results of this that the psychodextrin had, then straight away we kind of got like what the actual research has used in regards to dosage per person. So there you go, straight away. Did you say one point five per kilo of body weight? One point five grams per kg of body weight. That's a lot of that's a lot of powder, mate. It is indeed. Because I'd have to have one hundred and thirty two grams of cyclic dextrin. Yep. Which now is you which can is see a... why the results were so big. That's about five fucking five six servings. Yep. Okay. Well, fucking fair one. I mean, the thing as we said, that's why you need to look at these papers and dig into it because yeah, the nuances like this. If you could look at that and go, oh wow, psychic dextrin, but just because it's that much of an increase on that much of a dose, it doesn't mean it's going to be the same on the recommended dose. You know, with what's it CBD? One of that, that episode back in then, we said how some of the papers are showing benefits, but the doses that they were people were having were not. Only affordable, but they weren't practical, which is, you know, this is why you have to look at the papers more closely. This is actually why when I look at dosages for supplementation, I actually go off of what the current research suggests rather than what the actual packaging suggests. But that's just me. Obviously, for for liability reasons, I've got to tell you to do what your doctor or what the packaging says. But me, I'd rather just do what the research says because usually when they say suggested serving size... It is that it's suggested. I'll be honest though, that there's not like in terms of servings with the papers, there's not there's, that was the only one that seems really high. The rest of them seem quite normal, and so they're either really low. Like one was 15 grams, and the rest seem a bit lower. So I, I won't go out and just because that one paper said 100 odd grams of cyclic, I won't go and start smashing that. That is just one study. <laughs> yeah, we're just saying that them results being so different might have been because of the amount they were taking. 
Uh, we'll, move, we'll move on though to, to the final one now, which is uh, Dextrose, which is another popular one you may have heard of. Uh, and I'll be honest with you guys, this is just bogged down in glucose. It is literally just glucose. There's like there's there's nothing special about it. It's just it's this called Dextrose. This is my Haribo Rins. Look, honey, for example, honey is Dextrose. As that is the, the glucose found in there. Um, it's different in the fact that it's got a hundred GI score, which is, if you know, is very high. And there's something interesting about this is that because of its high GI score, you see it sometimes as a health supplement. It's actually used in diabetes uh, patients because yeah. if they if their blood sugar low, is low, they'll take uh, a dextrose. Uh, I think they've got is it tablets. It's quite rapid. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. There's actually dextrose tablets you can get given if you've got diabetes and you have low episodes quite often of low blood sugar, and you can take these tablets and it'll be dextrose basically, and it'll pump you back up again, um, which shows you how rapid it works. But obviously, with that rapid rise. There is obviously it's a potential. Come down. <laughs> so there's a potential. Yeah. So if you're doing a long event um, and you're not consistently topping up with dextrose, you'll get to a yeah. point where you do just have a come down. That is why these products like cyclic dextrin have come onto the market um, because of their ability to sustain you for longer without having that crash, which is obviously what which is obviously what you want, isn't it? If you're doing an endurance event. So so yeah. That's basically on dextrose. There's not much more on that because dextrose is just basically glucose. There's not much. I mean, more if you're doing that. a marathon, the last thing you want to be doing is having a crash. Yeah, but at the same time, you don't want to be carrying something on you, and that you have to be constantly taking all the time. So, one of those things where you want to have something that longs out a bit longer. What if you're like Mo Farah, fifty meters to go? Would you get some of the crowd to launch you a dextrose tablet? To be honest, in the speed that he's going at, he could probably last without even getting to the sugar crash. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Fifty meters, you could have. Yeah, quick. he's done. <laughs> yeah, he's finished. big question really people want to know is should you be taking these powders so it's obviously going to depend yes unconditionally you should be you should be and if you're not you should be ashamed of yourselves i'll see you next week yeah (laughs) see you next week (laughs) we'll leave it there (laughs) (laughs) no on a serious note it's the main thing will be your your activity what you're doing um, will have a big sort of impact on that Um, if we look at the sports this is aimed at it's normally endurance sports and of course it does depend on your health as well obviously if you are diabetic if you have a bit of insulin resistance and it might be something to, you know, yeah, definitely check. With your, I don't know what I'm saying. It might be something. It's definitely something you want to check out with your doctor. Yeah, of course. But I mean, just for, let's just say gen pop for a sec, for a sec, ignoring that people have different health conditions on your sport. Um, and obviously depending on your situation, for example, I said someone earlier, she was taking it when she was on a deficit and she was maybe a bit lower in energy than she normally would have been because she was obviously trying to cut um, and she took some then or if you're doing a, a more of an endurance sport you might want to be taking there especially if you're a top athlete you want that edge don't you what I would say is though I'd probably recommend something like psychic dextrin or you know the, what was the one she said that fucking carabolin or whatever carbolin carbolin is, is it carbolin yeah carb, carbolin I've yeah, never which heard is of it before I've got I've to be honest with you I think it's American yeah which means it's probably got all sorts of shit in it <laughs> but no uh, on a serious note it's uh it sounds like psychic dextrin. So that seems to be the best one to get for simply for two reasons. One, because it seems to have the less uh, lesser effect on your gut, so on your digestion, due to its uh, low osmotic pressure, which obviously goes to that uh, gastric emptying rate I mentioned, spoke about earlier. And also it absorbs rapid, just like yeah. the other two, right? but it drip feeds out, to put it simply. It's not like a boom, here you go, here's all your fucking energy, go and do this. It, it'll be more sustained 
which is obviously good if you've got a few sets so you haven't got to just sit there and be like fuck I need to keep taking it you've got to be like a little I don't know fucking cyclic addict in the corner just like sniffing lines of the powder yeah. to get a boost back up you know but from the, the the research I've seen where there's been like significant results it has been like a massive dose probably more than what the suggested serving saying another thing I want to point out and I'm pretty much going to just throw down the hammer and say it's probably going to go with every supplement and that is we can't always rule out the placebo effect as well I'm not saying that there's no physiological thing that's happening here because there there is I mean we can actually see like we look at like the uh, plasma levels etc we can see there's actual physiological change and also the results are so significant that there's definitely more than placebo going on but just like the we spoke about caffeine before Bill there's probably a little bit of placebo going on there as well yeah, so we can't take uh, that out of the equation either. At the end of the day, Tom, look, if you if you think about it, if you're taking a supplement at the the goal to do something, you're taking this powder because you want yeah. more energy. You, yeah. When you've taken it, you're going in with the assumption you're going to get more energy. So the chances are you're going to have more energy. You know, Physiologically, it's, yeah, it's definitely on, doing something. Depending on what context you use it, there can be some benefit. Is it going to be beneficial for everyone? From what we've seen here, like in regards to the resistance training with maltodextrin, probably not. But once again, it depends on so much context. If you're gen pop and you just have like a and you and you weight train recreationally or you run recreationally, you exercise in general, just recreationally, and you have a balanced diet which involves carbohydrates, pasta, potatoes, etc. Chances are you're probably not going to need it. If you want to push the boat out a little bit, then maybe it might have some benefit. I'm thinking more in regards to like a, an athletic setting, like an athlete setting or a tactical athlete setting, so military, etc. Probably that's where you're going to see it shine. Yeah, definitely. Or keep it for a rainy day. Like if you're having a day yeah. where you're fucking hanging out your ass, you had like no sleep, just pull out then. Don't have to use it all yeah. the time. Just you know. Or if you've not managed to eat. <laughs> yeah, if you've not managed to eat, yeah. A little better yeah. than something, isn't it? Um, I want to quickly just mention another thing on cyclic. So we're bringing back our old friends, the ISSN. So they made a really good point, and this is about that osmotic pressure that I keep banging on about. I'm going to get a fucking t-shirt after this episode. So additional research on high molecular weight uh, amylopectin indicates that there may be a benefit to lower osmolality of the starch, allowing for greater consumption, 100 grams per hour, and possibly greater oxidation rates and performance improvement. So as I said there, cyclic dextrin is more popular due to its lower osmotic (laughs) pressure. I don't know why I'm struggling so much with that word. That's the name of your band. So while the ISN didn't specifically mention cyclic dextrin, they mentioned the properties of lower osmolality of the starch, which you can actually consume more of because of it, because of the gut, it doesn't get your gut as much. Um, yeah. And uh, possibly greater oxidation rates, performance improvement. So they, the ISN have indirectly said that a product like cyclic dextrin is going to be beneficial for improved performance. And as we've said before, ISSN are a pretty good um, authority on this. But it's good to see that. We see if you can always. It's nice to make these little links, you know. When even though they're not directly saying this supplement's great, they've made it a link due to one of its properties, which is which is good. But what we're going to do now, as I said, we're going to start is before you spend all your hard-earned money, before you supplement. What's the first thing you need to do is you need to start on the basics. So in terms of carbs, what do you do before you start supplementing carbs? You're making sure you get enough carbs to fucking begin with. And once you do the maths, you're going to be pretty surprised at how much you actually need for uh, performance. So what I'll do is I'm going to let me get me a let me get me a little. Uh, my mobile device i've actually got some pictures here of some uh stuff i've got saved on my pc so bear with me right okay so i've got some sort of numbers here which give you an idea of what you should be taking per day basically i'll rattle through these right so if you're refueling 
Okay, so this is like a refueling situation, like after an event, or whatever. If your if it, if the intensity was light, so low intensity, skill based, you want three to five grams per kilo of body mass a day. Moderate, five to seven. High, six to ten. Very high, ten to twelve. Very high is four to five hours a day. So that's probably like your very top end athletes. I mean, that could probably be I don't know a top level CrossFitter maybe. And ten to twelve a day. Think about how much that is, Tom. That is a lot. If you weigh eighty kilos. That's 800 plus grams of carbs you need to refuel. Hang on a minute. So this is, we're looking at very high here, yeah? I'm going to say let's go for 12. Let's go for 12 grams. Go for the top end. Just, just for the sake of it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I thought, look at about 4,000 calories here. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that's, that's where right? your, mass, your mass gainer shape comes out. That's, that's yeah. where you want to get on the old maltodextrin. But, I mean, most people would fall in that category. So they've actually got special situations here, which is maximum daily refueling. So post-event recovery or aggressive fueling, they would say 8 to 10 grams per uh, kilo body mass per day, which is more obviously uh, um, appealable. Uh, and also they've put as well, this is big, this is a really great uh, resource actually. This would be something that will go very well in our uh, future projects, which we're not going to announce yet. But uh, our, see- our, our secret library, but, um, uh, speedy the refueling as well. So the special. So if you've got less than eight hours recovery and you need to speedy refuel, um, they've put one to one point two grams per kilo body mass after the first session, repeated each hour until normal schedule resumes. So this is, as you notice there, it seems quite low. But that's because you've got, you know, you've got quite a less amount of recovery. So if you were to smash too much, you'd probably be fucking in shit state, <laughs> like bloated. <laughs> After after all that, uh, you'd be more than that. Yeah, Jesus. I'll go on to the uh, the next ones. I've got I've got more here, guys. Don't worry, I'm absolutely giving you all the information here. So these are just the bog standard daily carbohydrate recommendations. So if you've got a pen and paper, if you're not driving, this could be quite useful. Or you could wait for our library to you know appear somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you do light activity, so once again low intensity work, skill based stuff, you want three to five grams per day. So to, to be fair, these these numbers are exactly the same as refueling. To be honest, but. So most people, what would you say most people do? An hour a day, if that, of exercise a day? I mean, it also depends on like, the intensity of the exercise. Yeah, of now, course. So moderate, people, mo- we, we know that the vast majority of people are nowhere near hitting the recommended guidelines for fitness or exercise activity. Good point there, Tom. So they've put moderate one hour per day, but they've put on high, they've put endurance one to three hours per day. Mm. So obviously that depends on your activity level, doesn't it? Yeah. But once again... Moderate exercise, five to seven ki- uh, five to seven grams per kilo a day. All right. So if I quickly bang that in for me, for example, if I was doing that, if I go high end, I'll go low end. I need to be having about six hundred grams of carbs a day. Four fifty for me, which is quite a lot. Yeah, one thousand eight hundred calories worth for me. But do you now do you now appreciate why we're saying that you need to probably look at these numbers before you start because the odds are I guarantee most of you now if you if you sit down at your meals and you look at all the carbs you're taking in a day you're not at your numbers you're not at your yeah. numbers you you are needing to sufficiently fuel your body for activity and because of that this supplement yeah probably get your numbers up but you could you're probably better off making sure you've got your baseline dumps yeah. first you probably don't need it as long as you've got like a balanced diet involving carbohydrates anyway yeah, exactly. But as I said, I reckon most people might be surprised at their, their, how low carbs they might even be having. Yeah. Because when you're like when you're planning your meals, some people might have a really high fatty meal with like minimal carbs and they might not realise and then they've lost all these carbs. So that is why when you look at food, like the, what is it, the fucking eat well plate, but you know that old that thing, they do recommend the majority of your plate's carbs. Yeah. And that that's probably what we're saying is that you probably want more carbs to get to those numbers. If This is if you train, obviously. If you're very, you know sedentary and you don't fucking do anything. Um, 
you know you don't lose money. Um, but this this is why this is why I always think trainers can be really beneficial. I mean, not good trainers though, because these numbers are very different to each individual. And mm. the, the numbers I just gave you are going to be dependent on so many factors that if you've got like a, a, what, what say, a PT in your pocket, for example, you know, your own little online personal trainer, these are someone who could like work with you daily to sort these things out. Now, bear in mind, we can give you these guidelines, but we are not. So this might actually shock some listeners, but we're not allowed to actually give you some form of nutritional prescription. We can say, look, here's the guidelines make of that what you will yeah but if your personal trainer unless they're a registered dietitian or nutritionist they should not be giving you some prescribed meal plans just throwing that out there once once that's all nailed basically so all those numbers i've just rattled off um and you're if you're hitting those numbers and you're you're carving up sufficiently for your activity levels uh, and you still want to you know perform to that next level uh yeah maybe maybe go for it um but as we said there's gonna be loads of different loads of different factors on that um, I've got another thing, one more thing here as well. This is from another um, another source. They said you should consume 30 to 60 grams of carbohydrates per hour or 0.7 grams a kilo of body weight in order to maintain blood glucose levels. This is, a, this is of extreme importance when the event lasts more than an hour and it takes place in an extreme environmental condition, cold heat or high altitude. So I wanna, the importance of that is, guys, so you want to make, this is maintain, yeah? So we're not saying go above. So if you're doing a long uh, endurance event, so longer than an hour, like this, that statement I just said, said, if your glucose levels drop below, you know the baseline, you're going to be fucked. <laughs> like you're going to feel yes. fucked. If you're like an hour, hour into the event and they drop below what they should be, you're going to feel shit. And that is why they say you should consume thirty to sixty per hour or zero point seven uh, of your body to maintain it, because that's what you should be doing as a minimum if you're on these endurance events. You need to be. Um, so if you're doing what, what event can you think of, Tom? Um, an ultra marathon. What are they, 100 miles? The death race. The death race. You yeah, heard of the, the Nevada death race? <laughs> Isn't that in cars? No, no. The, the Nevada death race is uh, like a run across Nevada. It's like an ultra, ultra, ultra extreme marathon. So this one, they'd have to be, they'd probably be having like, what, 100 grams an hour or something? Something daft like that? Yeah. Yeah. You'd, be li- you'd actually be living off of carbohydrate powders. Drinks. Yeah, you would be. Because yeah, you wouldn't be stopping. Yeah. yeah, you would be. You'd probably have like, what is it? Like a little holster? <laughs> little, yeah, little yeah, little pouches. two up here, yeah. one here. Just little drinks, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? Another one, because this is where, because <laughs> it's getting towards that season actually where it's starting to open back up again. Things like, so obviously you get things like Tough Mudders, etc. Now, probably not the regular ones, but you do get something like Spartan Trifectors where it's like uh, all three in one day, you know, or, you know, at least two of the longer ones, etc. So things like that, like basically long distance events, etc. Even like let's just say if you're once again going back to a military setting, you're doing the longest tab of your life, etc. That's where I'd actually see it being really bloody useful, especially where you're at not just at like a certain pace, but you're doing a lot of doubling, where you have to run every now and again. And your glucose is just depleting rapid, and you are absolutely fucked. Something like cyclic dextrin, yeah, I'd I'd be necking that. If I knew about that, if I knew about cyclic dextrin years ago, I'd been all over that. Mm. Yeah, so, I mean, just just from doing this episode and just sort of looking more into it, it definitely seems like something that's worth taking. If you know, long events, tactical or, athlete setting, 
Yeah, or even yeah, CrossFit games. Yeah. That's what I was about to say. I was about to say if you're doing a competition over multiple days, this could be something that I can see is really beneficial. Um, Where you don't want something filling up your stomach too much, yeah. like uh, at least getting close. Not not don't mean for the whole day. Don't eat. I'm saying like if it's getting close towards the event and you don't, you've got like a couple of hours. Or you've got an hour before your event, and you're like, right, let's neck this dex- uh, cyclic dextrin. Because you know, I find, mate, obviously, I did a uh, competition quite recently, uh, British Army Warrior Games finals, and I found that because you're so, like, in the zone and you're not, you never, you don't really feel, like, hungry. Like, you don't really feel yeah. like you want to eat. You're, fo- you're forcing yourself to eat. Because, yes. But the problem is, I just made, like, normal food, like wraps and shit, but they just, like, heavy. I, I hate having that heavy feeling on my stomach, whereas liquid, I could digest I would be better quick. off having a cyclic destrin shake and a protein shake or something like so that would have been perfect for me because it would have been light it would have given me the energy i needed rather than me smashing a fucking a wrap yeah you know so i can yeah you know you know it's this is the good thing i like about these things as well we're, we're learning at the same time you know yeah that's where i can see the applicability in it yeah and so we don't we don't know it all and looking at this now going over what we've just we've just spoke about for the last hour or so is that i can see where it's you know it's applicable as tom just said is it gonna be for everyone if you're a general gym goer who goes in three four times a week does a few bicep curls i don't know check yourself out in the mirror all the buzzwords I'll, I'll be honest with you it's i mean it's not something i'd lose sleep over yeah if you if you want to buy some for those days when you've maybe had no sleep and you want to kick up the arse maybe but once again i mean that it's not a necessity. And if you do do it, go for a cheaper one. I wouldn't spend like a fortune. Yeah. Unless, unless you can, unless you're minted. I mean, if you're fucking minted, yeah, do what you want. But um, yeah. We live in a democracy. Do what you want. Why did you, I thought you Why did you change it? You should have said something else. Did, what did you think I was going to say? We live in a society. Yeah, I did, yeah. Especially after that comment on my Instagram post earlier. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I, I, I saved that for times when it's really needed. I mean, look, I... <sighs> I could pop it out right now. Everyone's talking at the moment about this bloody crocodile blood study. Do you know what I'm on about? Yeah, don't jump ahead, mate. We're saving that. We're saving that, yeah. Odds and, odds and sods, isn't it? That's the last episode of the series. Do you know what? I'm not going to go too far into it, but I find, you know, it's a sign of the times that we live in a disgustingly polit- overly political correct world um, and all these veganists have prevented me from being able to go into a shop and buy a crocodile. <laughs> and that, I think that's disgusting, and it just shows that we live in a society. It does, you're right. Uh, <laughs> what a world to live in. I can't even go into a supplement shop and say, can I have that Cayman crocodile, please? We live in a society. We live in a society. Come and buy a crocodile in London. Ugh. The free world. <laughs> okay, if you say so. <laughs> <laughs> I want my fucking crocodile. I want it now. And we'll, we'll leave it there this week, guys, uh, before Tom erupts with, with anger at the Cogler situation. But you can uh, join us next week where we're going to be talking about Amiga 3. Tom, Amiga 3 and 6, all that 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 sort of the, Ooh. that sort of stuff, which is, it sounds quite simple, but there's quite a lot to get into, if I'm being honest. Um, mm. You know, there's certain, there's certain populations which may be deficient. Uh, there's, you know, certain arguments for and against. Um, there's, you know, different types, different prices. It's quite a popular one. It is quite popular. The old Omega 3 peels, capsules. Yeah, the old capsule, the old fish, fish oils, little yeah. gel things. Like your breath stink like fish. <laughs> Do you know what? When I was a kid, uh, oh, cod liver oil. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I used to bite into those as a kid. And I could, I could eat monster. those like that. Easy peasy. I used you to disgust my mum. Well, we'll talk about that more next week then, yeah? We'll, uh, we'll, go, yeah, we'll go into that story next week. But no, um, or not, I say next week. Sorry, guys, not next week. It'll be, uh, if you listen to this on the week of release, it'll be the week after because we've actually got a guest on next week's actual calendar release oh yes um, indeed 
Or we'll talk about yoga, which is going to be interesting for me and Tom. That is going to be interesting. I point God doing demonstrations because I'll be fucked. <laughs> yeah, so um, stick around for the series. The next episode of this series will be Omega Free, but on the next week, calendar wise, join us for the yoga revolution. Um, been a pleasure as always, and we'll uh, speak to you all again very soon. See you later. As always, thanks for listening. If we rewind to the start of the podcast, you'll recall my sickening Marmite consumption. I'd uh, highly recommend getting eyes on that footage as it's uh, all the more entertaining uh, experience to uh, yeah definitely watch that unfold, especially watching Tom's disgusted reaction. Uh, so yeah, to see all this footage, head over to our YouTube channel, which will be linked down in the show notes below, or you can search Chat Shit Get Fit as it's spelt in our title into YouTube and you should see our channel pop up with the same cover art so it's nice and uh, easy to spot. Uh, there we release sort of you know weekly video highlights from one of our episodes normally with some sort of added extras as well which makes them a little bit more entertaining so yeah check it out and uh you'll never want to eat marmite again <laughs> anyway we will see you next week same time same place for a brand new episode see you soon